Our Passes to India, Chapter 20 Although Miss Quested had not made herself popular with the English, she brought out all that was fine in their character. For a few hours, an exalted emotion gushed forth, which the women felt even more keenly than the men, if not for so long. What can we do for our sister? was the only thought of Miss Deems, Calendar and Leslie, as they drove through the pelting heat to inquire. Mrs. Turton was the only visitor admitted to the sick room. She came out ennobled by an unselfish sorrow. She is my own darling girl, were the words she spoke, and then, remembering that she had called her not Pakka, had resented her engagement to young Heaslow, she began to cry. No one had ever seen the collector's wife cry. Capable of tears, yes, but always reserving them for some adequate occasion, and now it had come. Oh, uh, why had they not all been kinder to the stranger, more patient, given her not only hospitality but their hearts? The tender core of the heart that is so seldom used, they employed it for a little under the stimulus of remorse. If all is over, well, all is over and nothing can be done, but they retained some responsibility in her grievous wrong that they could not define. If she wasn't one of them, they ought to have made her one, and they could never do that now. She had passed beyond their invitation. Why don't one think more of other people? Sighed pleasure-loving Miss Derek. These regrets only lasted in their pure form for a few hours. Before sunset, other considerations adulterated them, and the sense of guilt had begun to wear away. People drove into the club with Studious calm, the jog trot of country gentlefolk between green hedge groves, for the natives must not suspect that they were agitated. They exchanged the usual drinks, but everything tasted different, and then they looked out at the palisade of cactuses stab stabbing the purple throat of the sky. <coughs> They realized that they were thousands of miles from any scenery that they understood. The club was fuller than usual, and several parents had brought their children into the rooms reserved for adults, which gave the air of the residency at Lucknow. One young mother, a brainless but most beautiful girl, sat on a low ottoman in the smoking room with her baby in her arms. Her husband was away in the district, and she dared not return to her bungalow in case the niggers attacked. The wife of a small railway official, she was generally snubbed, but this evening, with her abundant figure and masses of corn gold hair, she symbolized all that is worth fighting and dying for. More permanent a symbol, perhaps, than poor Adela. Don't worry, Mrs. Blackiston, those drums are only Mohoram, the men would tell her. Then they have started, she moaned, 
clasping the infant and rather wishing he would not blow bubbles down his chin at such a moment as this. No, of course not. And anyhow, they are not coming to the club. And they are not coming to the Burra Sahib's bungalow either, my dear. And that's where you and your baby will sleep tonight, answered Mrs. Turton, towering by her side like Pallas Athene and determining in the future not to be such a snob. The collector clapped his hands for silence. He was much calmer than when he had flown out at fielding. He was indeed always calmer when he addressed several people than in a tete a tete. I want to talk specially to the ladies, he said. Not the least cause for alarm. Keep cool, keep cool. Don't go out more than you can help. Don't go into the city. Don't talk before your servants, that's all. Harry, is there any news from the city? asked his wife standing at some distance from him and also assuming her public safety voice. The rest were silent during the August colloquy. Everything absolutely normal. I had gathered as much. Those drums are merely Moharam, of course. Merely the preparations for it. The procession is not till next week. Quite so. Not till Monday. Mr. McBride's down there disguised as a holy man, said Mrs. Callender. That's exactly the sort of thing that must not be said, he remarked, pointing at her. Mrs. Callender, be more careful than that, please, in these times. I, well, I. She was not offended. His severity made her feel safe. Any more questions? Necessary questions? Is the where is he? Mrs. Leslie quavered. Jail. Bail has been refused. Fielding spoke next. He wanted to know whether there was an official bulletin about Miss Quested's health or whether the grave reports were due to gossip. His question produced a bad effect, partly because he had pronounced her name. She, like Aziz, was always referred to by a periphrasis. I hope Calendar may be able to let us know how things are going before long. I fail to see how that last question can be termed a necessary question, said Mrs. Turton. Will all ladies leave the smoking room now, please? He cried, clapping his hands again. And remember what I have said. We look to you to help us through a difficult time. And you can help us by behaving as if everything is normal. It is all I ask. Can you rely on you? Yes, indeed. Oh, indeed. They are chorused out of peaked, anxious faces. They moved out, subdued yet elated. Mrs. Blackiston in their midst like a sacred flame. Her simple words had reminded them that they were on outpost of empire. By the side of their compassionate love for Adela, another sentiment sprang up which was to strange it in the long run. Its first sign were prosaic and small. Mrs. Turton made her loud, hard jokes at bridge. Mrs. Leasley began to knit a comforter. 
when the smoking room was clear the collector sat on the edge of a table so that he could dominate without formality his mind whirled with contradictory impulses he wanted to avenge misquested and punish fielding while remaining scrupulously fair he wanted to flog every native that he saw but to do nothing that would lead to a riot or to the necessity for military in- intervention the dread of having to call in the troops was vivid to him soldiers put one thing straight but leave a dozen others crooked and they loved to humiliate the civilian administration one soldier was in the room this evening a stray subaltern from a gurkha regiment he was a little drunk and regarded his presence as providential the collector sighed there seemed nothing for it but the old very business of compromise and moderation he longed for the good old days when an englishman could satisfy his own honor and no questions asked afterwards poor young heeslow had taken a step in this direction by refusing bail but the collector could not feel this was wise of poor young heeslow not only would the nawab bahadur and others be angry but the government of india itself also watches and behind it is the caucus of cranks and cravens the british parliament he had constantly to remind himself that in the eyes of the law aziz was not yet guilty and the effort fatigued him the others less responsible could behave naturally they had started speaking of women and children that phrase that exempts the male from sanity when it has been repeated a few times each felt that all he loved best in the world was at stake demanded revenge and was filled with a not unpleasing glow in which the chilly and half known features of misquested vanished and were replaced by all that is sweetest and warmest in their private life but it's the women and children they repeated and the collector knew he ought to stop them intoxicating themselves but he had not the heart they ought to be compelled to give hostages etc many of this said women and children were leaving for the hill station in a few days and the suggestion was made that they should be packed off at once in a special train and a jolly suggestion the subaltern cried the armies got to come in sooner or later this would never have happened if marabar hills was under military control station a bunch of gurkhas at the entrance of the cave was all that was wanted mrs blackiston was saying if only there were a few tommies remarked someone english no good he cried getting his loyalties mixed native troops for his country give me the sporting type of native give me gurkhas give me rajputs give me jats give me the punjabi give me sikhs give me marathas bheels afridis and pathans and really if it comes to that i don't mind if you give me the scums of the bazaars properly led mind i would lead them anywhere the collector nodded at him pleasantly and said to his own people don't start 
carrying arms about. I want everything to go on precisely as usual until there's cause for the contrary. Get the women folk off to the hills, but do it quietly, and for heaven's sake, no more talk of special trains. Never mind what you think or feel. Possibly I have feelings too. One isolated Indian has attempted is charged with an un with an attempted crime. He flipped his forehead hard with his fingernail, and they all realized that he felt as deeply as they did, and they loved him, and determined not to increase his difficulties. Act upon that fact until there are more facts, he concluded. Assume every Indian is an angel. They murmured, right you are, so we will. Angels, exactly, from the subaltern. Exactly what I said. The natives all right if you get him alone. Leasley, Leasley. You remember the one I had a knock with on your medan last month? Well, it was all right. Any native who plays polo is all right. What you have got to stamp on is these educated classes and mind. I don't know what I am talking about this time. The smoking room door opened and let in a feminine buzz. Mrs. Turton called out. She is better, and from both sections of the community a sigh of joy and relief rose. The civil surgeon, who had brought the good news, came in. His cumbrous, pasty face looked ill-tempered. He surveyed the company, saw Fielding crouched below him on an ottoman, and said, um, Everyone began pressing him for details. No one's put no one's out of danger in this country as long as they have a temperature, was his answer. He appeared to resent his patient's recovery, and no one who knew the old major and his base were, was surprised at this. Squat down, calendar, tell us all about it. Take me some time to do that. How's the old lady? Temperature? My wife heard she was sinking. So she may be. I guarantee nothing. I really can't be plagued with questions, Leslie. Sorry, old man. He slopes just behind me. At the name of his slope, a fine and beautiful expression was renewed on every face. Miss Quested was only a victim, but young Hislop was a martyr. He was the recipient of all the evil intended against them by the country they had tried to serve. He was bearing a sa the Sahib's cross, and they fretted because they could do nothing for him in return. They felt so craven, sitting on softness and attending the course of the law. I wish to God... I had not given my jewel of an assistant leave. I would cut my tongue out first. To feel I am responsible, that's what hits me. To refuse and then give in under pressure, that is what I did. My sons, that is what I did. Fielding took his pipe from his mouth and looked at it thoughtfully. Thinking him afraid, the other went on. I understood an Englishman was to accompany the expedition. That is why I gave in. No one blames you, my dear calendar, said the collector, looking down. 
we are all to blame in the sense that we ought to have seen the expedition was insufficiently guaranteed and stopped it i knew about it myself we lent our car this morning to take the ladies to the station we are all implicated in that sense but not an atom of blame attaches to you personally i don't feel that i wish i could responsibility is a very awful thing and i have no use for the man who shirks it his eyes were directed on fielding those who knew that fielding had undertaken to accompany and missed the early train were sorry for him it was what is to be expected when a man mixes himself up with the natives always ends in some indignity the collector who knew more kept silent for the official in him still hoped that fielding would do the line the conversation turned to women and children again and under its cover major calendar got hold of the subaltern and set him on to beat the schoolmaster pretending to be more drunk than he really was he began to make semi offensive remarks heard about miss quest's servant reinforced the major no what about him he slow warned miss quest's servant last night never to lose sight of her, of her prisoner got hold of this and managed to leave him behind bribed him he slow has just found out the whole story with names and sums a well known pimp to those people gave the money mohammed latif by name so much for the servant what about the englishman our friend here how did they get rid of him money again fielding rose to his feet supported by murmurs and exclamations for one yet suspected his integrity oh i am being misunderstood apologies said the major offensively i didn't mean they bribed mr fielding then what do you mean they paid the other indian to make you late god bully he was saying his prayers i know those prayers that's ridiculous he sat down again trembling with rage person after person was being dragged into the mud having shot this bolt the major prepared the next his lobe also found out something from his mother aziz paid a herd of natives to suffocate her in a cave that was the end of her or would have been only she got out nicely planned wasn't it neat then he could go on with the girl he and she and a guide provided by the same mohammad latif guide now can't be found pretty his voice broke into a roar it's not the time for sitting down it's the time for action call in the troops and clear the bazaars the major's outbursts were always discounted but he made everyone uneasy on this occasion the crime was even worse than they had supposed the unspeakable limit of cynicism untouched since 1857 fielding forgot his anger on poor old godbully's behalf and became thoughtful the evil was propagating in every direction it seemed to have an existence of its own apart from anything that was done or said by individuals and he understood better why both aziz and hamidullah had been inclined to lie down and die his adversary saw that he was in trouble 
and now ventured to say, "I suppose nothing that said inside the club will go outside the club." Winking the while at Leslie, "Why should it?" responded Leslie. "Oh, nothing. I only heard a rumor that a certain member here present has been seeing the prisoner this afternoon. You cannot run with the hare and hunt with the hounds." at least not in this country does anyone here present wa- want to building was determined not to be drawn again he had something to say but it should be at his own moment the attack failed to mature because the collector did not support it attention shifted from him for a time then the buzz of women broke out again the door had been opened by ronnie the young man looked exhausted and tragic also gentler than usual he always showed deference to his superiors but now it came straight from his heart he seemed to appeal for their protection in the insult that had befallen him and they in instinctive homies rose to their feet but every human act in the east is tainted with officialism and while honoring him they condemned aziz and india Fielding realized this, and he remained seated. It was an ungracious, a caddish thing to do, perhaps an unsound thing to do. But he felt he had been passive long enough, and that he might be drawn into the wrong current if he did not make a stand. Ronnie, who had not seen him, said in husky tones, "Oh, please, please, all sit down. I want to listen to what has been decided." he slope i am telling them i am against any show of force said the collector apologetically i don't know whether you will feel as i do but that is how i am situated when the verdict is obtained it will be another matter you are sure to know the best i have no experience i can't tell how is your mother old boy better thank you i wish everyone would sit down some have never got up the young soldier said and the major brings us an excellent report of miss quested turton went on i do i do i am satisfied you thought badly of her earlier did you not major that's why i refused bail calendar laughed with friendly inwardness and said he slow he slow next time bail's wanted ring up the old doctor before giving it his shoulders are broad and speaking in the strictest confidence don't take the old doctor's opinion too seriously he is a blithering idiot we can always leave it at that but he will do that little he can towards keeping in court they he broke off with affected politeness oh but he has one of his friends here the subaltern called stand up you swine mr fielding what has prevented you from standing up said the collector entering the free at last it was the attack for which fielding had waited and to which he must reply may i make a statement sir certainly seasoned and self-contained devoid of the fervors of nationality or youth the schoolmaster did what was for him a comparatively easy thing he stood up and said i believe dr aziz to be innocent you have a right to hold that opinion if you choose but pray is that any reason why you should insult mr heeslow may i conclude my statement certainly 
I am waiting for the verdict of the courts. If he is guilty, I resign from my service and leave India. I resign from the club now. Hear, hear, said voices, not entirely hostile, for they liked the fellow for speaking out. You have not answered my question. Why did you not stand when Mr. Heeslope entered? With all deference, sir, I am not here to answer questions, but to make a personal statement, and I have concluded it. May I ask whether you have taken over charge of this district? Fielding moved towards the door. One moment, Mr. Fielding. You are not to go yet, please, before you leave the club, from which you do very well to resign. You will express some detestation of the crime, and you will apologize to Mr. Heeslow. Are you speaking to me officially, sir? The collector, who never spoke otherwise, was so infuri infuriated that he lost his head. He cried, Leave this room at once, and I deeply regret that I demeaned myself to meet you at the station. You have sunk to the level of your associates. You are weak, weak. That is what is wrong with you. I want to leave the room, but cannot, while this gentleman prevents me, said Fielding lightly. The subaltern had caught across his path. Let him go, said Ronnie, almost in tears. It was the only appeal that could have saved the situation. Whatever he slow wished must be done. There was a slight scuffle at the door, from which Fielding was propelled a little more quickly than is natural, into the room where the ladies were playing cards. Fancy if I had fallen or got angry, he thought. Of course, he was a little angry. His peers had never offered him violence or called him weak before. Besides, he slow had heaped coals of fire on his head. He wished he had not picked this quarrel over poor suffering he slow when there was were cleaner issues at hand. However, there it was done, muddled through, and to cool himself and regain mental balance he went on to the upper veranda for a moment, where the first object he saw was the Marabar Hills. At this distance and hour they leaped into beauty. They were Monsalvert Valhalla, the towers of this cathedral, peopled with saints and heroes and covered with flowers. What miscreant lurked in them? presently to be detected by the activities of the law. Who was the guide, and had he been found yet? What was the echo of which the girl complained? He did not know, but presently he would know. Great is information, and she shall prevail. It was the last moment of the light, and as he gazed at the Marabar hills, they seemed to more moved graciously towards him like a queen and their charm became disguised. At the moment they vanished, they were everywhere. The cool benediction of the night descended, the stars, the stars sparkled, and the whole universe was a hill. Lovely, exquisite moment, but passing the Englishman with averted face and on swift wings, he experienced nothing himself. It was as if someone had told him there was such a moment and he was obliged to believe. And he felt dubious and discontented suddenly and wondered whether he was really and truly successful as a human being. After 40 years experience, he had learned to manage his life and make the best of it on advanced European lines. 
had developed his personality, explored his limitations, controlled his passions, and he had done it all without becoming either pedantic or worldly. A creditable achievement. But as the moment passed, he felt he ought to have been working at something else the whole time. He didn't know at know at what never would know never could know and there that was why he felt sad